أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأقم الصلاة and establish the prayer طرفي at two ends طرفي what does that show you it is dual two so طرفي at two ends طرف is a singular and طرف is end so at the two ends of النهار of the day perform the prayer at two ends of the day the day the day begins with what morning fajr is before morning okay fajr is before morning so it's not at one end of the day you understand it is before the day annahar is when the day has begun when the sun has fully risen after that so two ends of the day meaning the beginning of it and the ending of it some scholars have said what this means is dhuhr and asr all right dhuhr and asr so at the two ends of the day meaning dhuhr and asr What about Fajr then? It's understood before the day. Two ends of the day has been mentioned, but it's understood that there's also a prayer before the day begins. So at the two ends of the day, was Zulufan. Zuluf is a plural of Zulfah. Zaylamfa. And Zulfah is first part of the night. First part of the night, meaning when it just begins. So what is it referring to? Zulafam min al-layl, a portion of the night. Hmm? Maghrib and Risha also. So zulafa min al-layl, meaning pay attention to the salah. Give importance to prayer. Start praying properly and regularly. And this is something that will give you stability and firmness and consistency in life. Why? Because when you will start performing the prayers on time, regularly, five times a day, seven days a week, then what will happen? Salah will become like a habit it will become like a habit and you see there are different kinds of habits there are some habits which are known as keystone habits are you familiar with the term just google it it's very interesting keystone habits what are keystone habits keystone habits are basically those habits which a person is so used to that he doesn't really have to use his willpower to do that action You don't really need to think about it. It becomes a part of you. We have limited willpower. Every single person has limited amount of willpower. And what happens is that as you go through your day, your willpower, it kind of reduces and reduces and reduces. Just like your energy levels. Do they reduce over the day? They do. You wake up in the morning all fresh and at night you just crash in your bed. Right? Or you don't even make it to your bed, you just crash in the living room. Or maybe on the floor after Isha'ar. So likewise, we have limited willpower also. Now the thing is, if you're constantly relying on your willpower to get up and make dua, to get up and recite the Qur'an, to get up and speak to someone nicely, to get up and do your homework, you won't be able to accomplish everything. At the end, you'll be defeated. So what is necessary is that certain actions, you make them such habits for which you don't even need to think. For example, eating. Eating is what? You don't need to think about it. Well, should I eat or not? I think I'm hungry. Am I hungry? I don't know if I'm hungry. Maybe I'll try. You know what? I think I'm going to eat later. You know what? I think I'm going to eat right now. No, you don't think like that. I'm hungry. I need breakfast. You don't need to convince yourself to eat breakfast. Well, there are some people who need to be convinced by their parents, but eventually they learn that I need breakfast. Lunch. You don't need to convince yourself. Come on, sit down, have your lunch. Children need to be convinced. 
But as you grow older, it becomes part of routine. Likewise, for some people, taking a shower in the morning, for example, it's a keystone habit. They don't need to think about it. I need to take a shower. No. It's understood. I get up in the morning, I go grab my clothes, I go into the washroom, take a shower. That's a part of my daily getting ready ritual. You don't have to have a lot of willpower to do that. You see, keystone habits, what happens is that when you develop them, they trigger many other good habits or they cause many good results in your life. And it's not necessary that there is a relationship between your habit and its ramifications. It's not necessary. But what you do on a regular basis brings about many, many consequences, many, many benefits in your life. So for example, studies have shown that if a person exercises regularly, exercises their habit, it is their habit, then what happens is that they start eating better also. They don't have to think about eating better. They just start eating better. They smoke less. They have less debt. They are more patient and they have less stress. Likewise, Families that eat dinner together. What happens is that children, their homework, it improves significantly. They start getting better grades. They have improved emotional control and improved confidence even. Now what's that got to do with dinner? If you think about it, there isn't really an actual relationship between the two. There's no obvious one. But the fact that every day family is getting together, sitting properly, it fulfills their emotional needs. It satisfies them emotionally. It gives them confidence, which has other positive effects in their life. Likewise, if a person has a habit of making their bed in the morning, hmm, then what happens is that they start off positive, right? So throughout the day, they get more done. Their productivity increases. Their well-being improves. They even become better at budgeting. Budgeting their money, they improve at that. Now, what's budgeting got to do with making your bed? There's no obvious relationship. There's no obvious link. But the fact is that there are certain habits which when you develop, your brain starts to function differently. And when it functions you know, in that direction, then many other positive effects, they take place. It's like a chain reaction, one thing after the other. Now over here, what is the habit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to adopt? Salah. Aqim salata And you see, salah is such that really it becomes a keystone habit. That a person, when he gets at that level, that he doesn't need to think about it or force himself. Some people, they struggle. They have to force themselves. Or somebody else has to force them. But there are others who don't need to be reminded. They don't need to be woken up. They get up themselves. They know it's time for prayer. So what happens then? They become more consistent in other parts of their life also. They become more serious about their commitments also. It has very positive effects on their life. So this is a key. أَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ طَرَفَيِ النَّهَارِ وَالزُّلُفًا مِّنَ اللَّيْلِ Perform the prayer at the two ends of the day and also a portion of the night. And in al-hasanat, indeed the good deeds, yudhibna sayyat, they remove sins. Thalika dhikralidhakirin, this is a reminder for those who remember. Good deeds do away bad deeds. And remember that as-salatu, salah is also kafara. It is an expiation. 
An expiation for what? The sins that we commit. And you see sins, what do they do? They hinder us. They stop us from improving, from doing good deeds. But when a person performs salah regularly, then what happens? That fire of sins that he's lit, it constantly gets extinguished. After every prayer, that fire is put off. After every salah. Because as-salatu kafaratun. It's an expiation. It removes sins. It washes them away. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said that once he mentioned the prayer, he mentioned the salah and he said, whoever guards it, whoever guards the prayer, it will be for him a light. Salah will be for him a light. Meaning it will open ways, it, it will show him the way. Because of salah, he will be able to do many other things. It will be a nur for him here and also on the day of judgment. And you see people who perform their salah properly and regularly, what happens? They start waking up on time. They start sleeping on time. And if you have good sleeping habits, you're good at many things in life. But if you cannot perform your salah properly, then you can't wake up on time and sleep on time either. And everything else becomes a mess. There are people who are even 35 years old and still they haven't grown up. Why? Because they need to be woken up for prayer. Somebody needs to remind them and keep telling them. And when somebody is grown up, then what does it mean? They will start taking responsibility for themselves. One is a person whose mom is still feeding them as they're walking out of their house trying to write their university exam. And the mom is saying, you know what, just put this one bite in your mouth. Just take this you know, cup of milk with you. Have they grown up? No. Because they cannot even get their breakfast together. They cannot even get their lunch together. But if somebody is taking the responsibility of waking up themselves, then you know what? Very soon, they'll be getting their breakfast together also. Um, that when you yourself have good habits and you wake up on time and stuff, you develop that for yourself and as well for other people. Because I know that my dad has trouble waking up for Fajr. And so now that I have the habit, I wake him up as well. So then my whole family gets to wake up. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So you become a source of positive influence also. Assalamu alaikum. I heard from someone, like if, a teacher actually, that if you're committing sins or you're doing dhulm to others or you're having problems with others, check your salah. Because salah is um, a means to stay away from fahisha and all these other stuff. So always check if you're salah. If you're doing something wrong, salah, there's, you're going to see wrong around you. Yeah. And anytime there is a need for self-improvement, whether it is that you're having trouble with your sleep or trouble with your food or trouble with your family or trouble with your friends or at work, you feel that you're becoming lazy, you feel that you know, you're not motivated, you feel like your iman is very, very, very low, focus on your salah. Improve your salah. And when you will improve your salah, you will definitely see its impact on the rest of your life. Why do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to pray five times a day? Not just once, five. Five. I mean, if you're doing something five times a day, it's definitely going to have some effect in your life. Right? And one of the effects is, إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ سَيِّئَاتِ So that hadith that I was mentioning to you, that whoever guards the prayer, it will be for him a light and a clear proof and salvation on the day of resurrection. It will be a means of his success basically. For who? The one who guards the salah. And whoever does not guard it, he is casual about his salah, 
Yeah, sometimes you'll pray and sometimes you won't and sometimes you'll miss it and sometimes you'll sleep through it. Yeah, whatever. Lazy attitude. Not taking salah seriously basically. Then it will not be for him a light. It will not be for him a clear proof nor salvation. And on the day of resurrection he will be with Qarun, Fir'aun, Haman and Ubay bin Khalaf. May Allah protect us. Now you see these days aqim his salata at the two ends of the day especially the one before the day begins and the one at zulafa min al-layl in the portion of the night i'm talking about fajr and isha establishing these prayers becomes quite difficult because the night itself is so short the day is so long if you make it for fajr on time you can't stay awake for isha if you stay awake for isha you know you lose your chances of getting up for fajr so is there anything that you're doing because of which you have found that you are actually able to perform your isha on time and also your fajr on time because everybody needs help especially these days i know sometimes during the day like when i come home from school and i pray zuhr and i just kind of lie down there and i go to sleep and my mom wakes me up like in hour or two depending how tired mashallah lucky you you get to sleep for an hour during the day mashallah so because those of you who can do that because sorry can i continue because if i don't then i know i'll fall asleep while trying to stay up for isha exactly so this is one good thing take a nap now those of us who don't have that luxury of taking an hour long nap what can we do a nap doesn't have to be an hour long you know that even 10 minutes is good enough and it doesn't mean that you get into your bed and you put your blanket on and you're like all cozy and comfy in your bed that's called a nap no even if you're at work or at school just put your head you know between your knees or something or on your table absolute silence if possible and just close your eyes 10 minutes and it'll make a huge difference you'll be able to stay up after fajr even and you'll be able to make it to isha even if the total amount of sleep that you get is 6 to 7 hours less or more there was a time a while back where i started missing my fajr prayers right and i was very upset and stuff and i was like why is this happening and then i noticed that i was delaying my other prayers and that's why i wasn't giving fajr its importance either so then i i made dua that allah helps me in um establishing my prayers and then i started praying them on time and then allah allowed me to wake up for fajr alhamdulillah this is very true also if we pay attention to our dhuhr asr maghrib then inshallah isha will become easy and fajr will also become easy assalamu alaikum i've been trying a couple of different things over the past two weeks one of the things that i do now when i go to bed is not to turn off all the lights to always have something on i know it's against the sunnah but it's okay. a way for me to just self save myself and also open the window because when i hear the birds yes. it wakes me up birds they are so full and, of energy and, and they wake up very early and they wake up and just and they won't be quiet time. yes right um the other thing i've been doing and i just tried that over the past 3 days is not to sleep after isha to study throughout until fajr time because I have just been playing with the different different things just to see what yeah. would work. Different options and yeah. I tried that. Yeah. And then another friend of mine used to do that also. Yes. She used to um not sleep after Isha, but after Fajr she would sleep. Yes. But for okay. many people I mean they have to be out of the house before 7 or at 7. So there's no way that they can sleep after Fajr. But the days where it is possible for you, you could try that. I just drink a lot of water after Isha. <laughs> 
<laughs> good. That's a very good strategy. Yeah, so that when the alarm goes off and you wake up and even though you want to stay in bed, you cannot stay in bed. You have to go to the washroom. That's a very good strategy. And you know what? It's a double benefit because A, you get to wake up on time and B, with all that water going in your body, inshallah in the morning you should be more fresh and energetic. Good strategy. Assalamu alaikum. Everybody has a different way of setting their time. For me, I don't like the alarm. So always I'm turned off before. So it happened to me sometimes I miss the slot. I turn off and I go back two minutes. And So the way I wake up is like I put the computer to, uh, on. So okay. the adhan is there. The adhan is not alarm that you can turn off right okay. away. So that makes you get up. So you hear the adhan in the morning. It's not like the in alarm the which you can just... Yeah, in the living room. I put it in the living room so I have to get up and go there. So. Alhamdulillah. And you see the, the adhan is also going to be slightly long. So that should also help you in waking up. Very good. Alhamdulillah. Another method I used was I set two different alarms and I hid them in different parts of my room. So then I had to go and find them and then like turn them off. And they were set at two different times. So that like I turned the other one off and go back to bed. And then I wake up and turn um, the second one off. Good, mashallah. There's actually an app called Never Miss Fajr. And the way to close the Fajr alarm is you either have to shake it very hard 20 times or you have to answer a question or else it will not shut up, right? So, sorry, or else it will not fire up, right? So basically I have that and I have to shake it. So that shakes me up in the morning and I have to wake up. Good, good. Children are the best alarms that you could ever have. So children, those of you who do have them, put them to sleep early so that they will wake up early and not give you a choice at all. You have to wake up. So that's very, very good. Another thing is that if you go to sleep properly, even if it's late, inshallah you will be able to wake up. What does it mean by sleeping properly? Have your wudu, lie down on your right side, say your du'as, say your du'as, and have the intention of waking up. If you have the intention of waking up, you'll wake up. And sometimes you won't even know. Just right at Fajr time, your eyes will just open. Literally, it will happen with you. As if somebody will come and wake you up. You'll experience that. So this is very important. This is something, salah on time is something that we cannot compromise. In a hadith, we learned that if people only knew the reward of the adhan and the first draw and could find no other way to get it than drawing lots for it, they would draw lots for it. If they only knew the reward of going early to the prayer, they would race each other to get there. And if they only knew the reward of the prayers of Isha and As-Subh, meaning the Fajr prayer, they would come to them even if they had to crawl. If they realized the reward for these prayers. And you see, salah it's an expiation. In a hadith we learn the trial of a man in respect to his wife, so a person with respect to their spouse, the fitna. So for example, you are always in fitna with regards to your spouse. You have an argument here, you are ungrateful there, you yell at them here and you disrespect them there. I mean, it's, it happens all the time. So the trial of a man in respect to his wife, his wealth, his children and neighbors. Do we commit sin against these? Yeah. So... All of this is expiated by prayer, fasting, sadaqah, and by commanding what is right and forbidding what is wrong. And remember that hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that if a person had a river next to his house and he bathed in it five times a day, would there any dirt be left on his body? Not at all. 
So likewise are the five prayers. When a person performs wudu and performs a salah, then his sins are washed off. This is the way of cleaning ourselves. Wasbir and be patient. O Prophet ﷺ, endure the difficulties patiently. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيرُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ For indeed Allah does not allow to be lost the reward of those who do good. Meaning when there is increased external opposition, then do not transgress against people, nor should you compromise. Rather remain firm and turn to Allah. Perform your obligatory prayers properly. Strengthen your connection with your Lord. Increase in your hasanat. Become a muhsin. And Allah will not waste the reward of those who do ihsan. So this is the way of dealing with life's problems. What? Focus on self-improvement. Focus on strengthening your relationship with your Creator. That will give you inner strength to deal with life's problems. فَلَوْلَا كَانَ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ فَلَوْلَا So why not? كَانَ It was مِنَ الْقُرُونِ Amongst the generations Meaning there was not Amongst the generations Which generations? مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Before you Who was not there? أُلُو بَقِيَّةٍ People of بَقِيَّة What is بَقِيَّة? We learned this word earlier in the surah Leftover, that which remains أُلُو بَقِيَّة Are basically people of wisdom People who have faham, who have understanding, who have deen. Because people who are upon the deen, they are those who will remain. People who have wisdom, who have understanding, they are the ones who have some lasting effect, who remain. I mean, think about it. Thousands of people live before us. But whose names are known? People who have either said some words of wisdom or something of the like. So ulu baqiyya are who? The people of deen. Allah says, how come in the people of the past there were hardly any ulubaqiyya who would yanhawna anil fasad, who would stop people from wrong, from fasad, from mischief, fil ardi in the earth. Illa except qalilan, very few mimman from among those who anjayna we saved, minhum from them. Wattaba'a alladheena zalamu, and those people who did zulm instead of following ulubaqiyya, what did they do? They followed ma utrifu fihi that which they were indulged in, meaning the luxury of this world that they were given. That is what they engrossed themselves in. Wakanu mujrimin, and they were criminals. What is this ayah telling us? That in general, people of sense, people who have khair, people who are upon deen, they have always been a minority. Take the example of Nuh alayhi salam. How many people believed in him? Qalil, very few. Lut alayhi salam. Who believed in him? Just his daughters. Literally just his daughters. Shaib alayhi salam. Hud alayhi salam. How many people believed in them? Very few. So this is a fact. That always people who are upon the truth have been a minority in every community. People who do good themselves and also call others to do the same. Why is this so? Why is this that they have always been a minority and they have not been able to stop people from wrong? I mean they tried. Look at the efforts of Nuh alayhi salam. Did he not try? He did, more than any man could. But how come people did not listen to them? How come they weren't successful? Because when you read all these stories, which we learned about in the surah, there's, you, know, you kind of get this hopelessness, that what's the point of suffering so much when you're the minority? What's the point? The reason why the majority of the people have been Otherwise, they have not been ulu baqiyya. The reason why they have been just busy in the dunya, not listening to the prophets, is because they are lost in ma utrifu fihi. 
ما أترفو أترفو is from تارفة what is تارف opulence when luxury abundance of worldly pleasures they are distracted by this dunya that's all they want and this is why even if somebody is telling them again and again and again they're not willing to listen they think this life is everything this life is everything to them so they're so lost in it that no matter who tells them how many times they warn them they don't want to listen وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ And your Lord is not going to لِيُهْلِكَ الْقُرَى To destroy the qura, the cities بِظُلْمٍ with injustice وَأَهْلُهَا مُصْلِحُونَ While its people are reformers. Meaning as long as there are people who are doing islah, who are correcting others, who are spreading tawheed, who are doing amr بِالْمَعْرُوفِ نَهِيَنَ munkar, Allah would not destroy a nation. Because on the surface it seems Allah destroyed so many people one after the other. Why? That seems unfair. But it's not unfair. It's because the prophets, they did their best. Ulu Baqiyah, they did their best. But the people, they were not willing to listen. So how long were they going to get their chance? وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ And if your Lord wanted, لَجَعَلَ النَّاسَ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا He could have made people into one nation. Allah could have forced people to believe all would be Muslim, righteous, good. وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ But they will never cease to differ. لَا يَزَالُونَ What does that mean? To always do something. So they will never cease to differ, meaning people will always differ when it comes to religion, when it comes to creed, when it comes to beliefs, when it comes to opinions, when it comes to different sects. This will always happen. And what do we want? What do we want? Everyone should be? good and perfect and righteous. But the fact is that there will always remain this difference. There will always be those who will believe and those who will not. There will always be those who think differently than you. إِلَّا except مَرْرَحِمَ رَبُّكَ Whom your Lord has been merciful towards. Meaning, He gives him tawfiq to accept the guidance. To come above this ikhtilaf and believe. وَلِذَلِكَ خَلَقَهُمْ And it is for that purpose that He has created them. Meaning for this test. To see who believes and who does not believe. To see who will worship Him and enter into His mercy. Who is it? إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبُّكَ وَلِذَلِكَ خَلَقَهُمْ So you understand what ذَلِكَ means? Test. Test. Purpose of life. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ And the word of your Lord has become true. Meaning it will be fulfilled. What? That لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ Surely I will definitely fill hellfire مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ With jinn and men altogether. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created people for His worship. وَلِذَلِكَ خَلَقَهُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always sent guidance. But the sad reality is that majority of the people and jinn, what have they chosen? Error. Falsehood over the truth, misguidance over guidance, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not afraid of the consequences. There is plenty of room in hellfire for all such people because You know, like on the day of judgment, hellfire will be asked, Are you full? And it will say, Are there any more? Meaning there is more room. So Allah is not affected by the number of people who disbelieve in Him by the number of people who disbelieve in His prophets, by the number of people who oppose Him. No, it doesn't make any difference to Allah. He is above any harm, any deficiency. 
وَكُلًّا and each meaning each incident نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ that we relate to you مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الرُّسُلِ from the news of the messengers why is it that so many incidents are mentioned in the surah what's the purpose مَا نُثَبِّتُ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ مَا that meaning the purpose is so that we نُثَبِّت we stabilize we give stability and firmness بِهِ through it فُؤَادَكَ your heart The purpose of telling you about all these stories is to stabilize your heart, O Prophet وَجَاءَكَ And it has come to you فِي هَذِهِ In this, meaning in all of these stories, الْحَقْ The true. Meaning, this is free from error. These accounts are accurate. وَمَوْعِضَ But they're not just information, they're also advice. وَذِكْرَ And a reminder للمؤمنين for the believers. So what do we learn here? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned all these incidents from the story of Nuh alayhi salam to Hud alayhi salam, all the way to Lut alayhi salam. Why? So that the people who come later, they take lesson from the people of the past. Those who do da'wah should look into the difficulties that the messengers endured and take guidance from their example. Because you see, when you're going through some problem and you find out that somebody else also went through the same problem and you learn that they made it, then it gives you hope. Even though you're suffering a lot, it gives you hope. وَقُلْ لِلَّذِينَ And say to those people who لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Those who don't believe, say to them, اِعْمَلُوا عَلَى مَكَانَتِكُمْ Go ahead and work on your position. إِنَّا عَامِلُونَ We are also working according to our way. Meaning the way that we have been commanded. Meaning, don't worry about the opposition of the opponents. Let them do what they want. And tell them, go ahead, do what you want. And let me do what I want. وَانْتَظِرُوا And wait. إِنَّا مُنْتَظِرُونَ Indeed, we are waiting. Meaning, wait, and I will also wait. Let's see who sees what result. But just take a look at history to guess the result of each group. Look at what happened to the messengers and look at what happened to the people who opposed them. وَلِلَّهِ غَيْبُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And to Allah belong the unseen of the heavens and the earth, the past, the present, the future. All of them. They're known to who? Allah. وَإِلَيْهِ يُرْجَعُ الْأَمْرُ كُلُّهُ And to Him all matters will return. For what? For the purpose of judgment. He is the judge. فَعْبُدْهُ So worship Him. وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَيْهِ And rely upon Him also. وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ And your Lord is not unaware of that which you do. So what's the main lesson we learn here? That Allah knows the deeds of all people. He is fully aware of what each person is doing. He knows and He will be the judge. What is your work? Worship Him and call to Him and rely upon Him. In personal life, what should you do? Worship Him. And when it comes to the matter of da'wah, when it comes to calling people to Allah, then rely upon Him. Do your job and Allah will do His part. You have to convey and Allah will protect and grant success. You have to put in your effort and Allah will light your way to success. Let's listen to the recitation. وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ طَرَفَيِ النَّهَارِ وَزُلَفًا مِّنَ اللَّيْلِ إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ ذَلِكَ ذِكْرَى لِلذَّاكِرِينَ وَاصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ 